Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 141 of Death Readers, the podcast where Rob and I read books we haven't read for the first time. In this episode, we're going to be continuing Hannibal by Thomas Harris, chapters 20. Oh, you know what? I'm going to start this over. Not totally, but keep it rolling in here. But like, I'm going to start this over like a real podcast would be. In this episode, we're going to be reading Hannibal by Thomas Harris, chapters 20 through 36. You don't like that? I don't not like it, but of all the weeks to not have your keyboard next to you so you could plink on it like the NPR podcast. What yeah, yeah, of. like cereal. Cereal. Tink. Right? I could go get it, and then I could, I could just fuck this up. It's too late. Anyway, it's, it's too, too late. late. But I remember, Only remember, murders in the book. You ever listen to podcasts like that where you, you're, when you're listening, you just imagine what they look like in their little studios, and it's just someone like just rubbing their cheeks up against a microphone and just going. And today we're going to be looking at how this kind of tragedy could take place in your neighborhood. And then it's you just what's like interesting music. about the <laughs> Italian words that they used. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, My favorite level of hell in Dante's Divine Comedy is uh, the third. Anyway, uh, yeah. well, that was awful. Thanks for listening. Um, Rob, did we have any uh, housekeeping? No, we did not, Doug. All right, good. <laughs> then uh, we're going to move into the show with Chapter 20. Through a series of clever realizations, Posse concludes that Hannibal Lecter and Dr. Fell are the same person. I still hold that Hannibal is also Il Mostro, but I feel like Posse hasn't made that connection obvious yet. And I don't, this was back when I wrote this. So I don't even know if that's even real anymore. I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think he is. It just if only because I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, shut you down right out the gate, but I'm going to shut you down right out the gate. There's a line where, oh, look at that gate. It's totally shut on me. Lock the gates. Hey, Mark Maron. Um, do you know that's a line from his line from Titanic? I do know. No, I not didn't. Titanic. It's in for the not, longest time. Not Titanic. Yes, yeah. almost famous. No, it's Titanic. He's on Titanic. He's in Titanic. He locks the gates so they can't. People can't get through. Oh, huh. I thought that was a line from Almost Famous, so that the band can't leave. All right, let's look it up. God damn it! One of us is going to be wrong, and it's going to be me. Lock the gate. Gates. Movie. Just leave it at that. Not not Mark Maron. Why did? Oh, autocorrect it to doors. <laughs> I hate autocorrect. Oh, we're such old ladies. Do. Oh, almost famous. It's so funny. Why did I? I at some podcast I got mixed up in. I wish we could uh, screen capture my reaction to that. <laughs> I didn't even see it. I'll, I'll do it again. I can do okay. it again. <laughs> uh, that's that's. We're a visual podcast. <laughs> There is a lock the gates moment in Titanic. I guess it's just not Mark Maron. This is what you tune in for, folks. You tune in for two guys who can mostly remember things. Looking them up on their phones. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Look, we cut all the time. They don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? 
And then Mark Marin comes in and goes, lock that gate. Lock it. Let's <laughs> just open the gate. Well, okay. it's going to tell you what. Uh, in the director's cut, in the Mandela universe, Mark Marin locks the gates on the Titanic. So uh, as per I, clearly the... it was one of those someone made a joke because they understood both movies and they're like, ha ha ha. And they crossed it and I didn't get the joke and I took it as gospel. So well, I'm dumb. As per the Death Readers rules of engagement, uh, for an embarrassment such as this, Rob will be forced to donate his salary to a charity of my choosing. Um, oh. And that Not salary. Naga again. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're, we're going to build a wall and Rob's going to pay for it. And then I will lock the gates. And then he will lock the gates. And then a Mexican Leonardo DiCaprio will open the gates. <sighs> that would be a fun uh, YouTube video to have them to just have that back to back over and over. Just Leonardo DiCaprio will open the gates, and then Mark Mayer lock the gates. Mark Mar- and then cut back to Leonardo DiCaprio open the gates. Like it's the second time he says it, and then it goes back to Mark Mayer. Just just ten hours, just ten <laughs> hours of that, and people can listen to it while they study. <laughs> That's, I honestly, that's that's way more interesting than ASMR. <laughs> every every five hours, you also get the lady who goes, "Put that down," and then it just. <laughs> All right. Well, we were talking. This is just like last episode. We were we are going to talk about this book. So, um, Posse realizes Hannibal is Doctor Fell. Right. 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 Um. That's uh, it's important. Mm. I'm not gonna get ADH distracted again. Um, <laughs> um, so do you have any notes? Um, have you ever uh seen a torture exhibit or been to one? Now this was just an instrument of torture, but I specifically am thinking of there's like a permanent Ren fair in Arizona. Okay that we used to go to when we lived there and they had sort of like a wax museum style at least one time torture exhibit with like you know the bodies Ugh. unpleasant um i don't believe i have i think i i i think i'm there was something my wife wanted to take me to in philadelphia once that i was like gross and i didn't <laughs> want to i didn't go um but i did go see the bodies exhibit which isn't the same mm. No, but uh, that's that's more interesting. That's like, oh, that's what's going on on the inside. That's not man's inhumanity to man. I mean, there's a certain level of disconnect that feels a little inhumane in it. I can understand that, but it's not the same as seeing like, like, like if you ever heard the, anyone... the, the cage with the rat in it and the coals being lowered <laughs> so the rats burrowing into the like wax person's stomach, and you're just like thirteen and going. <gasps> Well, I mean, uh, who, that, I was like, I had to be, I had to have been like nine or ten. Anyways, who who hasn't seen that? I've got one of those in my house. Um, but but on, not on display. You can go to an exhibit and pay money for it. Every time someone comes over, I say, "This is my wax sculpture of a man with a pot on his belly and uh, hot coals, and there's a rat in there." And now so, that you've seen it, uh, two dollars, please, because you're paying for this. Yes, this is an admission fee. Uh, two drink minimum. I. Uh, with the bodies thing, though, while it's not exactly torture, it is kind of, like, literally objectifying humans. Okay. And that is a 
that's what I mean about the disconnect is itself sort of macabre and like okay, I can see it. Really, like I, there must be some sort of like clinical disconnect that like medical professionals experience that probably has a name. Uh, they they go through in pursuing their careers, and uh, it's. It's a, it's cold to get a taste of that through something like the body's experiment experience mm. or exhibit, um, where you're like, like great friend. I have a great friend. Who, a couple years ago, I was having like, I had some back issues. Like my back was really hurting, and I was talking to him about. It. He's he's a doctor, and I was like, hey man, if I came to you and I was like, this is what my problem is, what would you do? He told me some stuff, which was an, I I could tell like I like. Doctors do not like doing that. The 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 free advice for your friends and family. No, it's not so much that. It's the being seen as nothing but a doctor. Like mm. it, there's a change that happens. I think where you're like you're like oh well now you're a doctor so now I can I, I have access to asking you just random inane medical questions, and now I expect you to have the answer. I feel it's like, like that's why I described. No, you said free. You were talking about offering their services without pay. That's not oh, the problem oh, I was having. Fair, okay, fair enough. Um, fair enough. The, the the it's more like just being bothered by any anyone else's random curiosity that they would have normally asked WebMD, but here is a real MD right next to them, right. kind of thing. So I shouldn't have done it. But one of the things he said to me that was really funny to me about that was he was like he was being nice to me, and he was like, "Well, I would probably put you, they put you on some like." you know, Advil or something like that and see if that helps. And then if it doesn't, maybe we could get like a scan of your back to see if something's going on in there. But, uh, probably just tell you that you're probably like one of the, you know, 30 million Americans who live with back problems every day. And I was like, Oh, I, I had in that, in that moment, I'd heard something in him that was like a, a fatigue, like just sort of like a, a, a reflection on his reality, which is people are all, all, there are always sick people and it's my job to deal with them. And there's a certain level of detachment that has to come with that being your profession. Sure. And uh, anyway, it, uh, um, that, that's, that's what I mean by like, getting a taste of that from bodies is one of the biggest takeaways I had from it was, was it's, it's, it's dark. It's a, mm. it's a little tough. And, and I'm, and, and, if he ever listens to this, uh, not trying to suggest that he doesn't have a, the capacity to see his patients or any humans as humans, not at all. Um, but it was just that for me, that's, that was my glimpse into that stuff. But, um, so the answer is no, I don't think I have seen a, a proper torture exhibit, but I have watched the view. A uh, thank you. Do you have any notes? How Whoopi Goldberg got in my pants, I'll never know. Pajamas? Pajamas. Now we know why we're the only ones who listen. Anyway, um, <laughs> the um, I don't have any notes in this chapter. I feel like 
I, okay, I, then I, just, I have uh, lots of others. summaries, but not a lot of notes in this. In this one, whole one, one more, one more about the torture when they were describing the various kinds of uh, torture, how different people like to break people different ways. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man, people suck. <laughs> Such a downer that we have torture exhibits and we have subtle differences in how pe- wrecks are used and the wheel and shit. And I'm like, oh, nuance. This shouldn't be nuance. This shouldn't be torture, but there shouldn't be nuance to torture. Jesus. What sort of, I didn't think about it. I'm glad you brought this up because it was in reflection to something else in this chapter. I think it's this chapter. Mm. Uh, I think that, I think that must be part of what Thomas Harris is saying here because he mentions like that these two guys who put this exhibit on made millions of dollars off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and were formerly like dirt poor suggesting that the, the, the suggesting his sort of contempt for this market oh oh i feel like he because i've got a note later that also suggests contempt for this market i've got completely big time believe that you are correct that that most of the time thomas harris writes unsavoring things it's from a it's from a point of view of this is awful but also this exists so i'm going to talk about it i'll be kind of you know vulgar and crass but also, I am not extolling the virtues of this, right? Um, and then, and similarly, because a lot of the chapter focused on how enraptured people were looking at these exhibits, and Hannibal was studying their faces. I really liked uh, how he was a connoisseur of facial cheese. <laughs> yeah. Also, that uh, that those people were so distracted by old de- torture devices they couldn't see the monster in their midst mm. yeah most of them I, I, I guess most of them i think there were one or two people who were um all right chapter 21 in this chapter we get a glimpse into hannibal's new life in florence his comforts match his interests old italian buildings full of his history and class lector reflects on his encounters with posi and decides that for now he will rest assured that the investigator has not yet made any meaningful connections. And then my note here is that maybe Hannibal isn't Il Mostro, and that uh, I do feel like it's a bit... I felt like it was a little odd to point out enough of the similarities to make it, like, a light... Like, a pink herring. Like, not a full red herring, but just, like, a light version. I... Fair enough. Um, I feel like he was in prison for some of the murders. Mm. Um, but to your point, I believe I've read that while the book just makes it like this is another murder that happens and I could give a shit about it because I'm Hannibal Lecter and doing my own thing. Don't care at all because there's a line about him not being interested at all. Um, the movie suggests, I think, a janitor might be El Mostro or maybe in a deleted scene. There's something about a janitor that's supposed to let you know that like, oh, this is a concurrent murderer. And I believe the show does imply he is Il Mostro. It's, so you're saying Il Mostro is Will Hunting under the pseudonym Mr. Ripley? Oh, my God. That would be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally watch that cinematic universe. <laughs> Where Matt Damon just walks in and they, they, have, a, they have a serial killer fight? Yes. He's like got he's got Hannibal by the throat. Do you like sweetbreads? Yeah. <laughs> I got a liver. How do you like do you those like, sweetbreads? Do you like face cheese? 
Um, <laughs> um, that's all I've got. Okay. Um, yeah, that's all. I, I don't have anything there either. Oh, okay, we've already, so, no, wait, wait, what? No, we're already in 21, dummy. 22? No, we're in 21. I've got more than 21. Jesus. Oh, it's because you said face cheeses, which was my 20 note. No, no, no. Uh, tell me more about 21, Rob. Do, oh, I will tell you more about 21. There's a line. Second chef's kiss of the day. Mm-hmm. First recorded one. The Great Meat House of Hanging Christs, the Uffizi Museum. thought that was such a great way to point out <laughs> how much you know, Renaissance artwork is just this dude nailed to a... De- dead, yeah. <laughs> yep. Nailed to a piece of, couple pieces of wood. Yeah, I, well, I've not been to Florence. I have, I've been to the uh, Art Institute of Chicago a couple times, and they have mm-hmm. uh, a good chunk of like Renaissance art and other, and other stuff there, and that stuff is remarkably singularly subject. Well, uh, yes. And uh, it's weird. Almost gives credence to the Da Vinci Code, if only it were a more interesting book. Yeah. I really like the creepy second-person aspect of this chapter, where you're kind of... The narrative takes you through in like a you know first-person video game kind of way. And, and talks about how if you're brave enough, you could go in here and hopefully it, it felt like you could there could be a moment where. Like in a creepy movie. Hannibal could be aware of your presence as you're reading it. There's a certain part of like the Hannibal in this book that more than the other books makes me want to be him mm. in in the way of like being a guy who who has all of the in the knowledge and, and intelligence about all these old historic and, and wonderful things and then being in a place where you actually get to indulge mm-hmm. in those things that are your interest and perhaps even contribute to their understanding or their their history is like good god is that the dream but like so it's it's really fun to, to it, the only part about it that bothers me is like the question of like this guy's like relatively new to this area and they're just letting him live in this palace with all these old manuscripts and he can just like touch everything like it, it just well, felt living there it certainly seems like he is living in a palace. That's what they call it—the palace, well, of the palazzo. I mean, yeah. I th- it's everything's a palazzo. I mean, it used to be a palace, but, a palazzo, yeah. but I think that's just like their you know museum. It's or, but he's living there. No, he's living in his house because they take talking about his house with the alarms. But isn't that the same place as the? I thought. I feel no, like I they describe him like no, getting out of bed and going one to and another. Looking. I didn't. I... Hmm. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> nah, everything used to be a palace. Everything used to every every home in Paris has a cellar full of catacombs. Yeah, every every building in 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 Florence is a palace. Got it. This is like a interesting side of like stereotypes. Is to just it's not stereotypes, man. It's just Europe. Yeah, every house in Mexico is a step pyramid. That's um, not in Europe. <laughs> you and it's got every me. dive bar it's a step pyramid that's true okay so uh any more um, 21 the other one um they mentioned the horned moses hannibal has a bust of the horned moses what's the horned moses it's it's it, i was just excited because i've seen it it's um this creepy or bizarre i don't know creepy but bizarre statue of moses and i believe uh, there's two churches in rome i think called the saint peter and chains one's in the vatican I've never been to there. 
But the other one's this little tiny church outside the Colosseum, and inside there's the statue of Moses, and he's got horns. Hmm. Like a devil or a satyr, and I think people aren't sure why, or there's a, you know, Michelangelo going, no, I got the translation wrong, and him just being a dick, or a scamp. Oh. Um, but it's, it's just very interesting. You're like, that's a Moses with horns. Whoa. Being sprite. Yeah. Lee. No. Um, puckish. That's the word I was looking for. Puckish. Being puckish. He's an imp. There's a right Robin Goodfellow that, that, that Michelangelo. Oh, Michelangelo. He's a party dude. He is quite the dude for parties. You invite him over. He's a couple of drinks to that guy. He's painting on your fucking ceiling. I mean, he's going to be late because he's going to stop by Napoli to grab some pizza. Yeah. Because pizza was invented in Napoli. Yeah. He's always going on and on about how good he is at shaping penises out of marble. Yes. It's my mom's favorite piece. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next. (laughs) That's all I got. Moving on. 22. All right, right. Yep. Uh, Posse flies to Paris to order. Eh, sorry, Posse flies to Paris in order to contact Mason about the reward discreetly. The appropriate arrangements are made, and Posse is promised three million dollars for Hannibal's capture alive. No questions asked. Um, since it's brought up here, I can I can bring up a later note. Do you think it's three million dollars because it's multiples of three, like thirty pieces of silver? Mm, very interesting. Hadn't made that connection. I know I'm I'm supposed to. I mean, there's certainly uh, a lot the, of Judas Iscariot later. But by the end of this section, um, I think it's a good it's a good note. This I mean, not not uh, not so, specifically three, but like thirty updated to three million. So I'll just I'll say this that. now. This was this was essentially my overall note for this episode. These this hmm. section of chapters, but I really feel like um, I'm assuming it's basically over by the end of these these this episode, but that this section with the posse is essentially like a, a Hannibal novella. Like it's its yep. own tiny little wonderful Hannibal Lecter story mm-hmm. that if you had separate, like from anything else, like if this guy had made this two books, he probably could have, I'm guessing yeah. just judging by how much we have left. And this would have been a fine, like, Oh yeah. The one where, where Hannibal's in, in Florence, that book is so Cause it really is like, well done and pay like all the stuff we're going to be getting through is basically just pacing up to the point where the climax happens and right and and then that resolution like sort of brief resolution uh it's it's great on its own it's it's just fantastic and and everything pays off everything's structured perfectly so i think that and and having read what i'm assuming is again all of that so far yeah i think that 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 would be a, a a good motif here is like and that's the thing about it that's so impressive is all these little tiny intricate details that loop into historical like things like the thing about Judas and, and, and Posse being Judas, but Posse also being a Posse right. and like all that, all that stuff that like, it's so elegant and poetic. That yes. I, I feel like it's, um, it could be a little cheesy if you will, but like, sure. But, but I, I don't see it that way. I see it. But it also has that rich. touch of the, of the exotic because yeah. Thomas Harris is turning his great power of description to you know Europe instead of you know bleak backwater America, Baltimore, where people are sad and dying. Yeah, blah. 
Um, yeah. So I, I really, uh, I have a lot of respect for this section. I really, I really enjoy it. And I thought, and, and it, down to the ending, like it just, it really felt like the first time I feel like we've actually gotten to see what Hannibal, we've gotten to see Han like this is the real, this section and, and some of the chapters before any of the stuff with Posse is like the real Hannibal book to me. Like that is the thing that you, you've been, I've been wanting from him. So we'll, we'll continue to move. So no, I don't, um, yeah, sure. Why not be 30 pieces of silver? Like, it sounds like it sounds like it could be mm -hmm. great, great observation. Well, especially again, later note, but he's specifically told to, you know, walk with him and point him out very much yes. like Jesus and Judas. Well, and and then later when Hannibal gives his lecture. Um, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> on, literally on Judas. Um, although, to be fair to Pazzi, Ju Judas was. Uh, you know, canonically, he was basically like Christ. One of, he was one of the disciples. A lot of times, he's he's painted as being Christ's best friend. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And and so for his best friend to betray him is the is the deepest part of that betrayal. Posse and Hannibal don't fucking know each other. Like, True. So, so Although, that way, is that a isn't that a later um, conceit that from like Katzenzakis from Last Temptation of Christ that they were best friends? Sure. I. But my my, my I mean. argument is is. Even if it's the case, Hannibal's in doing in referencing Judas is making reference to all of the Renaissance art where where they would never have assumed the two were friendly. Everyone hated Judas during the Renaissance. Right. Um, because you betray Christ the end, you get there's no room for complexity. Yeah. Um anyways. I, I'm saying he could even believe that they were friends and still be referencing the fact that uh, oh, just is well, and that but he's that sort considered of like, the villain. But yeah. doesn't that sort of reduce the impact of Judas's betrayal if he didn't give a shit about Christ in the first place? Like it, like no, oh. I don't know. I well, I guess if you think of Christ as being Christ, it doesn't. But for me, like thinking about like um about this scenario, it's like. So you're like I I I'm supposed to think that Posse's the bad guy because not really but in in this metaphor that Posse's the bad guy for selling out Lecter a guy he doesn't know and is a villain. Well, Lecter's the one giving the lecture, so he's going to consider Posse a bad guy compared to yes. his own Christ self image. So he even if you that. don't see him as Christ, well, I I kind of just in his I'm always right, I can do no wrong. But I'm I'm saying I'm I don't think Hannibal views himself as the villain. So, in that sense, Pazzi is the Judas to his hero, his for one of a better word, Christ. Yeah, I mean, for Hannibal to consider himself the villain, he'd have to turn his powerful perception on himself. Yeah, she doesn't do. Okay, <laughs> it's quite slipper of you. <laughs> Uh, do you have any more notes in 22? Uh, 22, no. Okay, 23. Now home, we get a glimpse into Posse's thought process regarding selling Hannibal to Mason. Uh, my only, I have a note here that just says, this is a flowery chapter that I'm sure is full of vibrant illusions and imagery, but unfortunately, much of it was lost on me. Fair. There were a lot of, like, I think maybe once out of every... 10 references to a place. I'm like, Oh, I kind of remember or know what he's talking about that building or that particular thing. 
Um, there were two passages I really liked that I marked. One, avarice is not unknown in Italy, and Ronaldo Pazzi had imbibed plenty with his naive air, or sorry, native air. But his natural acquisitiveness and ambition had been whetted in America, where every influence is felt more quickly, including the death of Jehovah and the incumbency of Mammon. Yeah, all of that fell apart around me. Uh, the death of Jehovah, God is dead. Right. And the incumbency Who's Mammon? of Mammon, I, I looked it up. Uh, basically, a devil of greed and avarice. Oh. The incumbency that who's oh. reigning now that God is dead. Right. God is dead. I'm just, I just liked it. I'm like, I'm like, that's evocative and poetic. And correct. <laughs> uh, the other one, we assign a moment to decision to dignify the process as a timely result of rational and conscious thought. But decisions are made of needed feelings that are more often a lump than a sum. I like I like his view of the world a lot. <laughs> no, he's he's good. He's a good uh, author. He's mm. a good wordist. A good word. A wordsmith. No, I wouldn't say that. Oh. But a good wordist. Like a good. Oh, he's a he's like a a, a word loomist. Because he's weaving the words. He's like a word knitter. <laughs> like a like a. Like a wood a word fisherman a word man. We'll make you fishers of words. He's like he's like a a wood he's like a word mechanic. He's a like a, like a, a He's like the tin wordsman. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a word word astronomer. Yeah, you know, he's like a I don't a, know. A wordstrophysicist. Yeah, he's like a like a like a wordmonger. Yeah. <laughs> Warren Wordington the third. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like he's the kind of guy. He's, he's like Woods. Words Verine. I'm just gonna go <laughs> with that now. I, don't know why. I think I was just getting trying to go on more like jobs, but like Prevers. No, I got gotcha. you. Like, you were like X Men. That's good. <laughs> why not? Weird. All right, Charles Wood Xavier. Oh, okay. Are you done with that? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Chapter twenty four. Now I'm done. I promise. Please be done. Uh, 24. Knowing he must work in secret to capture Hannibal, Pazzi visits an incarcerated pickpocket promising freedom if she helps him. Feels like some of these could be faster if I just summarize all of them at once, but that's 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 what happens in this chapter. I'm guessing you have no notes? No. I don't have notes for a while. I have a note. I don't ex- I, I remember the passage, but I also don't remember the details of it, but the pickpocket Romula um, has this process of deduction where she goes through things, perhaps when she realized what... Uh, Oh, because she's in the jail and she's realizing um, what Patsy is there for. It just it just seemed her process of deduction was just fun. It's fun to see her what like, realizing why he might be there or why Patsy how how like he when needs she's like from her. He's he's not here to fuck because he would have brought in the baby. Yeah, he wouldn't have brought just, in the baby if he was here to fuck me. Right, that um, whole stream of consciousness was was enjoyable. I, I like the part where a continuation of that later when she says, "I think the line is something like." I'll, I have the book. I can just find it and read it to you. Sure. It's, it's really, it was really weird. Chapter 24, you say? Well, that's that. If it's in the same scene, then yes. Uh, yeah, it is. Yes, here it is. <laughs> um, this is exactly that shit. Um, I'll start from, from here, from the part where just, just, I'll just read the whole goddamn page. Um, cause this is what Rob was talking about. So apologies to Thomas Harris for my horrible reading. This policeman, she studied him over the screen. Look how neat. The wedding ring, the shine shoes, 
lived with his wife and had a good maid. His collar stays where put and after the collar was ironed. Wallet in the jacket pocket, keys in the right front trouser, money in the left front trouser, folded flat, probably with a rubber band around, his dick between. He was flat and masculine. A little cauliflower in the ear and a scar at the hairline from a blow. He wasn't going to ask for sex. If that was the idea, he wouldn't have brought the baby. He was no prize, but she didn't think he would have to take sex from women in jail. Better not to look into his bitter black eyes while the baby was suckling. Why did he bring the baby? Because he wants her to see his power. Suggest he could have it taken from her. What does he want? Information? She would tell him anything he wants to hear about 15 gypsies who never existed. Alright, what can I get out of this? We'll see. Let's show him a bit of the brown. <laughs> that was the line I liked the most. Was, Let's show him the bit of the brown. And then, like, she... And then it's, the next line is... She watched his face as she came out from behind the screen. A crescent of areola showing behind the baby's face. And it's like... She... Weird. I've never heard anyone say show him a bit of the brown before. Show a bit of the brown, love. It feels so weird to read that. Like it's like it's like later where there's a line about how he's fantasizing about his wife stroking his dick. Yeah. And 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 it's just it's just like these weird moments that that Thomas is putting into this book. Like even that line there was like his dick between. It's like I don't look. I don't think maybe maybe it's because I'm not a a very good criminal, but like I don't think about people's genitals when i'm analyzing them <laughs> um well clearly you're not a criminal then um i think i think i think that's just thomas harris coming through i think he likes to throw it's a bit weird. of vulgar in to be like hey are you paying attention i am and it's always weird <laughs> i'm not saying it's not like that part later where he's like she would stroke my shaft and make my head get bigger it's like jesus christ thomas <laughs> i don't, what are you, why is that there man <laughs> Like, if I was editing this book, I would just put a circle around it with a line going up to a note that just said, gross. And then, like... <laughs> That's what Thomas Harris gets for having a 14-year-old girl as an editor. Ugh. Oh, that's a weird... Okay. Because she'd be grossed out by it. That's me. I'm a 14-year-old girl. Yeah, Jesus. I'm glad you can recognize that. Judas. That's a better swear, anyway. Judas. Okay, Jude, uh... uh... Yeah, her thought process is cool. Yeah. Show him a bit of the brown. Um, I don't know, that's, do you have anything else in that one? <laughs> They're so fucking short. All right, chapter 25. Posse and his pickpocket assistants track Lecter as he buys cheese and truffles. But Lecter travels in the opposite direction from the investigator, and the chase continues. No, no real things except he made a point of saying uh, they went the they went to the fine food market Viral Dal nineteen twenty six, um, and just because I'm like I wonder I looked it up and it is the one where they filmed Jillian uh, Anderson buying the stuff in the TV show. It's the same, oh, cool. Same little market. I'm like, oh, that's I'm like I'm like you know Brian Fuller is a is a Hannibal nerd like me. He's a nerd. He's a All nerd. Right. Um, He's cool. Ready? Yes. Chapter twenty six. After following Lecter into a church, Potsy and his gypsy pickpocket fail in their attempt to obtain his fingerprints. Romulo was frightened when she saw the devil in Hannibal's eyes and balked in his presence. That was interesting. That that one moment was, I think, the most I've seen so far 
to seeing the Wendigo in the show. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like, like the moment where you, you see Hannibal as he really is this dark, monstrous, like inhuman creature of blackness, this Mm -hmm. void of a person, this predatory void. Yeah, that's the first time I feel like we've. I don't even think we've heard about the Wendigo in this show. In the, in no, the book, right? no, that that was all metaphor, Brian Fuller metaphor. Do you have any more? No, that's that's it. Okay, so I have my pontificating note, and then another passage I liked. Okay, I like Harris's writing because of its unique voice. He's cynical, but it feels like he doesn't want to be. He wants to see the good in people, but they keep disappointing him. It's a beleaguered cynicism I can get behind. Yeah, and I feel like every time. He writes about awfulness it's with this air of, uh, all right, guess people are going to be awful again. And I'm like, yep, I appreciate that. Um, and I think this is, I th- okay, I think this passage made me think of that. Again and again, Christ was born, betrayed, and the nails driven as the great frescoes appeared in brilliant light and plunged again into darkness, closed and crowded, the milling pilgrims holding guidebooks they cannot see, body order and incense rising to cook in the heat of the lamps. And basically just how delighted people were by seeing awfulness. Yeah. And I'm like, but, I'm like oh. But also how great Harris is at like describing these things. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a, there's a, there's a texture to his, his writing. And there's definitely a smell. (laughs) There's definitely a smell. We've talked about that and there's, it it, it persists, Mm -hmm. uh, an odor. Um, but, but he, it really does sort of feel like, Oh, this dude is like, every time I, when I was, every time you read those passages or when you're reading this book, it kind of feels like he was there when he was writing it. Like he was sitting mm-hmm. there looking around going, and this is how I would describe what I'm seeing now. Blah, 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 blah. And that's just, I oh, would the not book. be surprised. Yeah. Do you have anything more? No. Tangent time. This is something Uh-oh. that should probably go to the end of the episode. Um, you don't tell me what goes to the end of the episode. I tell you. Know, you. No, I'm telling you this goes. So No, I will decide. I had, I had this idea yesterday where I was thinking about how silly it is that Daredevil only like polices Hell's Kitchen. Hmm. And I was thinking about how large Hell's Kitchen is, and I don't really know how big it is. But I, I like the idea of thinking like, oh, it's funny because it's just a neighborhood, right? Right. So it made me think like, and then I was I was leaving Seattle yesterday, and I I learned as I was leaving that SeaTac is actually a like a neighborhood. It's hmm. like its own city. SeaTac is a city. They have a city council and everything. I didn't know that. It's the, the huge airports there, and I guess I don't know how far their boundaries are. But it made me wonder like what wouldn't it be if you took that idea of Daredevil being the idea of a vigilante only vigilanting a small area. And you put that in, like, a suburb. And then you had, like, a vigilante who was just just making sure that that small sec- that SeaTac, the city of SeaTac, is, uh, is safe from crime. You would see that dude all the time. Like, <laughs> everyone driving, every day, you dr- there's so much traffic, you would, everyone would know this guy. What's a neighborhood to you? Um, I guess when I think about a neighborhood, I'm thinking about, like... A, a like a, a a couple of blocks of city. Like, are you considering like all of Spinard a neighborhood? Yeah. Okay. Like, but then even even those boundaries are are contested. 
Sure. Like, like, um, like in, in, what is Midtown? You right. Know, like, like, um, but like, but then there's like cities, like or like towns, like Eagle River is its own place. Right. But like, that's not a neighborhood. Um, and that's kind of like how I think of like Hell's Kitchen or like you know, Brooklyn. Is it's like they're, they're they're just they're all in the same city, but they're just sort of little like they're boroughs, but they're little areas, you know. No, Hell's Kitchen is not a borough. Is but, Bernard our Hell's Kitchen? That would make sense. I think no, no, Rob. There, you if you think about it, you know where our Hell's Kitchen is. There are other places that are worse than Hell's Kitchen. It's just got a great name. No, it's Hell. Um, I don't think so, and I think other places might be considered those places. No, it's Hell. It's okay. Hell. Anyway. Okay. Um, but the, the, Prince that, it's it's besides the the point of of the the idea of a of a vigilante who only covers a small area that isn't really enough place for them to hide. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea of the of the vigilante insisting that they have this autonomy, but they've chosen such a small area to cover that there's no way that you wouldn't see them all the time. I'm trying to come up with a good a good spot. Other than that. just the population density of New York. Yes, uh, yes, but 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 population density versus like real estate, like sure. that's they build up for a reason, you know. There's not, and he's not really fighting people in the like you know stairwells in every apartment building. He uh, he couldn't even get he, you can't get in, um, <laughs> but like I don't know, like yeah, like a neighborhood that would have their own like small little neighborhood council or something, like something like that, something that small, like like if like the the. The wild man of Peter's Creek. It's like, it's really a pretty small spot. Like, not much, probably not that much crime going on over there. Or at least the kind of crime that would need a vigilante. And, but again, if you, like, um, the way superheroes are, are are depicted is they're always, like, prowling. They're always, like, searching for crime. Because they've got to, they've got to go out and find it to bust it. Right. So I just like the idea of the superhero, again, who's got this small area who's always bothering everybody. Like, like goes into the liquor store, the corner store. He's like, "Hey, is there any?" Is this, like, I haven't seen the Rain Wilson movie, Super. It's probably just fucking this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I'm thinking it through, it's not on this movie. Minus yeah. some more violence than you've so far described, but yes. Oh, there would be violence. Okay. Anyway, well, that's it. I just had this I, this idea of. I, I think that'd be fun, and it probably was. Thanks a lot. Uh, who made that movie? Gun, James Gunn. Did James Gunn make Super? Super. Yeah. Thanks, James Gunn. Anyway, all right, back to the show. All right, chapter twenty-seven. I think that's where we are. Yep. Uh, Pazzi and Romula discuss their options and decide sending Romula's male friend out to pickpocket Lecter is the best chance at getting good fingerprints off the cannibal. Uh, do we have to talk? Sh- should we explain? Like, do you think Romulus is a really popular name, or should we explain its relationship to Italy? I don't know if it is a relationship to Italy because she's Romani. You don't think it's Romulus? I didn't. Feminized Romulus. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it is, but I feel like the reason she's named it is not because of Italy, but because she's Romani. Okay. Is is what I feel the suggestion is being suggested. Okay. But if you want to go into the history of Romulus, no, I don't. Um, so my question then was, um, Nyoko was uh, cutting oranges with a knife, very much like Starling's dad. And 
I was just dies wondering, like Starling's dead, right? And I'm like, is there an association with death and oranges? Like, like, like classically. Like I know it's big in The Godfather, but outside of that, when I looked it up, it was just because orange popped against their muted color palette. Um, and it just kind of happened to be happening. Uh, I think. I mean, it was, I think it was planned a little bit, but I don't know if there's a greater scholastic association with death and oranges. But it, I was curious about. It. Like the blood orange? Yes. I like the blood orange. Or the orange goddess of death. Citricia. Whoa. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have any idea about... I've no, have I heard nothing? Heard nothing. I'll tell okay. you anything you'd like to know about 50 other oranges that don't exist. Well, maybe you should go back to orange school. And be um, a pip. Alright. Anything else? No. All right, chapter 28. Pazzi and Noko, his pickpocket assistant, stalk Lecter at the torture museum. Lecter makes his way out, and Gnoko... Noko? Gnoko. Gnoko. Like, like gnocchi. It, I, yeah, I looked it up. Gnoko is Italian for dumpling, so definitely related to gnocchi, but also slang-wise means chump. Mm. Uh, Lecter makes his way out, and Gnoko successfully bumps into... Bumps into him and forces Lecter to grasp the silver bracelet, presumably putting his fingerprints right on them, or on it. Mm. Unfortunately for Noko, Lecter was not going down without a fight and definitely stabbed the pickpocket in the femoral artery, causing him to bleed out in the street. Pazzi shields the dying man from the crowd and makes sure make sure to let him expire before he leaves the scene. He is now positive this is Hannibal. I mean, just, I don't really have any notes, but uh, speaking of someone who has pierced an artery um, of someone else, uh, the scene always made me feel kind of, ugh. Look, I only, I only nicked it, okay? I only nicked the artery. I did watch blood splurt out in time with the heart, and uh, we've talked about it before, but it's uh, traumatic, traumatic memory. Yeah, one time I was uh, horsing around when I was 12 and I slammed my brother's f- uh, hand in the car door. Mm-hmm. He had to go to the hospital and, like, get it all fixed up. It, uh, so now I am I have this, like, every once in a while I'll shudder at the thought of of having done it. Yeah. Yeah, I did that to my little brother, too. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is my but, big uh, brother. So, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I know. I want, I want to stress this is my little baby brother. And... Yeah, thousand times in my imagination, the sword goes uh, worse awry, and I hate it. Yeah, hate it, hate it. It's awful. It is. It's awful. like a, it's like a little torture chamber of your imagination that I can't. Uh, no, there's no get getting out, out of. Nope. No, it's a oubliette, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trauma. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hey, at least that means we're good people, right? I guess it does. Tell me it means we're good people. We're great people. Good. We don't like hurting people. I don't. I feel I am permanently scarred for the (laughs) scar I put on my brother. Um, All right. (laughs) That's the name of the episode. We don't like hurting people. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. Chapter 29. Pazzi puts Romula and the older gypsy woman onto a ship bound for Australia, promising them Noko will soon follow, but couldn't make this trip. He gives her a large envelope full of cash before the older woman explains to him that she understands he sacrificed Noko to Satan and that the pickpocket was dead. Noko. She, she spits on Pazzi's shadow. Did I mispronounce it again? You said Ginoko. 
Oh, understood that he sacrificed Noko to Satan and that the pickpocket was dead. Then yes. she spits on Pazzi's shadow. Which I like. It's like uh, like I'm tainting your essence. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a very cool idea. Yeah. Uh, my only note was, fuck you, Potsy. <laughs> um, Sit on it, Potsy. Sorry. Does that make Hannibal Ralph Mouth? Because he likes to eat? <laughs> um, hey. So then, how do you pronounce, like, if it's Noko, Nyoko. then... Nyoko, then how do you pronounce uh do you, do you, how do you pronounce that fun Italian ice cream? Gelato. You don't just pronounce it gelato? It's the G N. Oh. Versus G E L A T O. So it's... the Green Lantern dog is Nort? I d is it Italian? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably Gnort then. G N O R T. It's probably Gnort. Gnort. And it's not what did you call it? Nort? No, it's not Nort. It's it would be Nort. Nort. Like with a Y. Or yeah, N- kind of, kind of like Nyet, but Nyoko. Nort. Uh, Nyoko. Dosvedanya Nort. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have any more notes in that chapter? Any more That's... Nyorts? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> any um, any Nyorts? That's hard to say. Do you have any notes for me? Um, chapter 30. Mason's men dust for prints and determine the prints on the jewelry. Match Hannibal Lecter's prison prints. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh, although, what? the red dragon returns. I thought about that. I thought, I know. okay, so if you don't remember, dear listener, the red dragon fingerprinting dust from the first book appears again here. Um my mistake. It's not the red dragon fingerprinting dust. I called it the wrong. It's the dra- dragon's blood. Dragon's blood, but it is red. But it it's is important. red. It's important to notice that it's red. A red dragon. The reddest of dragons. Okay. Um, the great red dragon. All right. Uh, chapter thirty-one. Mason's men rehearse for the big day hmm. when they'll feed Hannibal to the pigs by creating a rotten food mannequin and lowering it into their pen. They play screaming sounds while the animals eat and prepare the audio-video equipment in advance of Hannibal's arrival. Carlo, the uh, the pig man who likes mm-hmm. to chew on stag's teeth. Mm-hmm. I tried to look that up just to get an idea of what stag's teeth were. Once again, not something you should just Google. Because <laughs> I got very little of stag's teeth, but I did get a human tooth corn on the cob artwork. Awful. Art, pe- art piece where someone used human teeth to make it, and I was just like, I can't unsee it, and it's so... I like I both want to never think of it again and also touch it just to because of the tactile feeling of it. It 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 I wanted to touch it the way you want to throw yourself off a building. The way I the don't. glint of the rail calls to you. No. What? No. no? Not, not the same cuz it's not hurting you to do it. It's just we it's just forbidden, I guess. Um Well, my only note here is that uh it's the first time I've read the word fuckboy in a book. Oh. It wasn't. It wasn't spelled B O I though. It wasn't spelled B O I. They also didn't discuss "bussy" or anything as modern. Oh, I forgot that was a word. I'm not. I'm not hip with kids lingo. You're not goaded. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly not. Like, like, like um, you're goading me into answering? Nope, not that. Oh, okay. Hey, man. Is it like gelded? Like this, the gamey sausage of improperly gelded meat? No. Nope. Remember that meant? Um. Well, I mean, I know what gelding is, so I imagined it was like. Because does the testosterone make the meat I think, taste yeah. different? Yeah. Oh, it's not even something I would have considered. Um. Cool. No, I'm I'm super. We're learning here. a lot. Really Pucci has now. to go to his home planet now. Can you do the whole Pucci rap? No. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, that's all my notes for that one. Okay. All right. Chapter 32, Posse visits Mason's lawyer and makes the final financial arrangements for his payment should he surrender Dr. Lecture to Mason alive. Posse flies back to Florence through a thunderstorm. Ominous. Um, had the note. This is where my 3,030,000 pieces of silver note was. And the only, the only other thing was a line I liked, which was the cold egoism of the damned. I like, I like- that uh, Posse and the lawyer won't look at each other. Like, uh, there's still shame in there somewhere. You're doing awful things, but the shame still exists. Yeah. Well, I think later, yeah, they talk about Carlo being devout. That always fascinates me, when someone can be devout and awful at the same time. Doesn't surprise me at all. It doesn't surprise me, but it fascinates me. I I think it's honestly probably more likely that that's the case than the opposite. Sure, sure, but it is still fascinating, I think. Sure, sure, sure. It's uh, um, like I can, I, I I find can it more literally repulsive. butcher this person alive and then go pray for nice things. And I'm like, what? I like so, someone who likes Batman and guns. But I just that 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 no, it's hypocrisy. Just, it's just, fascinating. Well, I think the difference is that like, well, for me, the reason it's not interesting to me is because I think I understand it. Okay. And what I, I understand is that the the aspect of the 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 righteousness part of it the or the part that's like the the nice things about these religions are the bullshit part it's all about having a you know like a a license that says i'm allowed to do whatever i want because i'm divinely blessed uh, so you can okay. you it's not like it's it's they don't they don't sincerely believe in that other shit if they did they wouldn't be the people you wouldn't have these mega million pastors Right. If they if they really believed in uh, the meek inheriting the earth, and 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 passing on like and helping the poor or or, or or any of that shit, they don't. They they care about proselytizing. They care about profiteering off of uh, hopeless, desperate people, and they have the charisma and they know the right language to do it. Um, and then or you have these people who are like you know the the people who will say a prayer before going out and uh like going to war mm-hmm. or, or like uh, the, the, even, even the notion that like there's some sort of absolvance to all the people around to have like a priest present during executions or some shit where it's just like, it's all a fucking sham. Um, so, and that's, and that's why so this about book going is to so Italy. refreshing. Fuck, fuck them. I'll go and I'll, I'll blaspheme. No, it's um, I, I think you misunderstood my point. I did. You seem very in keeping with Thomas Harris, so you should be spending time in Italy. I should. Yeah. Italy sounds delicious. Do you have any more notes in you chapter 32? Oh, I do not. Chapter 33, Hannibal and Pazzi have a tense and creepy interaction at a musical performance in Florence. Lecter's behavior suggests he knows. 
Uh, he Lecter makes like a hand uh, scripted copy of a of the music they're listening to, and then hands mm-hmm. it. He has, to, a, he has this. He has, sorry, he hands it to Pazzi's wife, um, and and she's ecstatic about it. And then he sniffs her hand and shit, and so she's following along with the score, and he's got like an original copy of the score, but overlaid he has like how it's different from yeah. the current one, so she can follow back and forth. Um. I want to talk briefly about Potsy's wife. Is okay. she a gold digger? Uh, would she like him if he was poor? Is she a gold digger, or is it only his shitty impression she, that that she constantly needs gifts? Oh, I think it is that he is the one obsessed with not having enough money mm-hmm. or not being not. He he wants he's, um, he is completely entranced by the promise of of riches. And he's a, he just he's pushing himself along to do this horrible thing by c- promising himself he'll be able to do all these things he'd like to do. I don't like think she appreciates the gifts, but she'd be perfectly happy if he just chilled. Yeah, I mean she's gonna take him by the shaft, you know, like that's that's what she would clearly it's what she wants to do. She wants well, to be a servant to him. I mean, yeah, and he wants to adorn his servant. I don't think Patsy's a great guy. No, I, no, I, like, I I think we can agree on that. Yeah, um, um, the Gucci Gucci score cover for her sheet music. I'm like, dude, come on, that's that's a fuck, that's a lot. Yeah, seems like you would you would have jumped the shark there as Gucci I mean, if you made that. I mm, remember this is Italy where you can where they just fucking do leather goods everywhere. So oh, okay. I could I can understand this being a thing native to. Italy, like, oh, I want to get a folio cover for my score. It could just be something simple like that because there's fucking leather everywhere. Um, I've got some some leather driving gloves I bought in Florence. Hey, <laughs> am, am I allowed to drive in Italy or do I have to get an Italian's driver's license? That's a question for my father-in-law. Ring him. Put him on the show. First guest. I, I will I will ask what's, what the issue is there because he does it all the time. Because I certainly don't want to get uh, pulled over by the polizia. No, that, you don't. Is that, is that how it's pronounced? I, I, think, I, was, I, think, I, you, I think you did pretty good. <sighs> Jesus. I was thinking polizai, but no, that's German. I think I think polizia. I think that's correct. <sighs> um, I have one other note in this chapter. Okay. Do you have anything? No. I was super, super amused. Um, so there's an inept viola player missing. Yes. Funny. We know what that is. It's been done before. The Wait, what? really amusing what? What do we know? Oh, Wait, oh um the Baltimore Philharmonic lost a flutist who was always off. Oh. Cause, that, oh, because they offended Hannibal, so yes. he murders them. Yeah, who mysteriously disappeared. Yes, the viola Got it. player. Right, 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 right. Because right. he was not he was a subpar or inept. An inept viola player mysteriously went missing a few weeks and been replaced by someone who's much better. That that that's only so so funny. What really amused me was the inept viola player was a cousin of Soliato. Yeah, who's that? That is the same guy who tried to get a different uh, relative elected as curator, and 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 said, oh. you know, he's got a lecture on Renaissance off the cuff, and he, of course he does, and and shames Soliato, and it just amuses me that he keeps cock blocking Soliato's nepotism, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's like a double. He like he fixed the the orchestra, but also, f- fuck you, dude. <laughs> Hannibal's not into nepo babies. As as cute. As just like, oh that's 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 funny. It's Soliato. 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 
All right. Uh, anything else? Nope. Chapter 34, Pazzi meets with Carlo, Mason's man in charge of capturing Lecter. The plan is to take Hannibal on the day of his examination by the oversight committee concerning his new position in Florence. Pazzi will have to be near Hannibal when they take him, putting himself at risk. Yep. Yep. Any notes? <laughs> nope. Other than I, th- this was the graveyard one, right? Where I think so. The graveyard. Yeah. Uh, just, just enjoying um, Harris's awful description of Carlos' smell. I smelled like bad sausage. I'm like, oh, I know, I know that fucking smell. Uh. I liked it when Carlos. There's the interaction where Carlos wants to bully the policeman. He wants to fuck with, you know, Pazzi. And uh, Pazzi f- sees it coming and then retorts back something like, watch your tongue or something like that or some shit. It's just, it, I just like those interactions where like, yeah, those, those, when humans are basically running animals, then they have to fight just a little bit to get well, each other's respect. But also Carlo acknowledges that he misjudged. And I'm like, oh, that's what I mean. Like, that's like the, the you, you have two rams that smash into each other and then they walk away going, all right. <laughs> like, okay, I guess we're equally matched. All right, chapter 35. The tension is mounting. It's time to strike. Pazzi and Carlos stalk Lecter outside his workplace in preparation for the abduction. A van waits nearby with two men inside ready to take Hannibal once they capture him. Mm-hmm. Pazzi reflects on his family's Florentine legacy and his dreams of what he could do with the millions of dollars he's hoping to get from capturing Hannibal. No notes. Uh, I, my only note here is actually do have a note. Haha, <laughs> is that I appreciated how the uh, lotion and, and uh, perfume shop attendants think of Doctor Fell as courteous. Dude, I want to go to that perfume shop. <laughs> that the idea of how good that place smells. It probably smells not good. And now oh, hear me out. My okay. expectation is that it smells like too many things all at once. I feel like it's going to smell like a botanical garden. Too many different flowers, but the the melange is delightful. But you even know what? In, in that place, they're they're different. They're distanced. I will meet you there in Florence. We'll find out. God damn it! Is that a real place? Yes, of course it is. Sorry, <laughs> I looked it up. Um, the essence of Florence. I've got their website up. I'm tr- tr- trying to find the uh, the actual name that I said. Farmacia di Santa Maria Novella. Yep, real place. All right. Well, that sounds great. I guess. And and just and just just for all those listeners out there, uh, should you ever want to impress me, I prefer scented lotions to perfumes. And I prefer genuine chunks of ambergris. <laughs> the base notes. Send I'm all me all about those base notes. Send me. Gifts of ambergris. Well, I mean, can't we just be dissociated from it and not know where it comes from? No, I want it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> give me give me your tired, your soggy, your dried up whale puke. Okay. Um All right. So Essence of essence of musk. Yeah. Any more notes in that? Beaver chapter? from real beaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did say that the, the distilled yeah. thing from the from the those base notes, man, are funky. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, dude, it's not going to be like going into a, a botanical garden. It's going to be like walking I'm... into a leather shop that also has a rotten meat factory inside. I of disagree. It's, it's be... not going to be like the Knacker's Yard. No, I think it's going to smell amazing. Ugh. We'll find out. All right. Okay. So one next to two chapter, years time, Florence. We'll... Next chapter, 
Okay. Chapter 36 is mm. The Crescendo. Lecter gives a lecture. <laughs> Sorry, this made me giggle when I read that. Lecter gives lectern. a lecture. Lecter gives a lecture at a lectern on Dante's Inferno, focusing on the seventh level uh, reserved for suicides and betrayers. Fitting, if you view Pazzi's betrayal of Lecter as suicide, considering his death was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also of his own choice. Sure. Uh, Lecter disembowels and hangs Pazzi from the window of the palace like his ancestors before him. Then... Lecter attacks the other men sent to capture him before getting a ride to his car from a man on a motorbike. Also, all of that happens after everyone at the, like, the the lecture the lecture, um, lecture give him uh after they all leave and are excited about his presentation. Absolutely. So there's no real witnesses to to Hannibal having done it or Doctor right. Fell having done it. I basically have the note that I mentioned earlier, which is like, I feel like this is just a good solid, like this at the end of this chapter would be a book on its own in a perfect oh, sure. world. Um, and I'm glad that we, I'm glad we added this last chapter, last episode. We were like, you know, what, let's do that one too. That yes. really, I think that worked out incredibly well. It would have been a very unsatisfying place episode. to stop. If we stopped yeah. at 35. Yes. 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 Um, so yeah. Uh, great job. Really enjoyable. Um, okay. So I've got some notes. It's badass to give a scholarly lecture on how one is going to kill a person before doing so. Yeah. It's really ballsy. Like, like just all the minutia and details. And this is what I'm going to do to that dude. Uh, really like the term pendant viscera. I liked how he was clearly, in my opinion, referencing Mason in the lecture via the sibilant and gasping Pierre de la Vigna in the 19th century. Or, or the 19th century, sorry, it's not... Pierre de la Vigne, um, just, just him mocking all the things all at once. It, it yeah. always amuses. Um, this was not brought up because I looked up uh, Pierre de la Vigne. Uh, but in the 19th century, there was an illustration for the Divine Comedy that depicted de la Vigne. Um, the wood of self-murders, the harpies and the suicides. Do you know who made this illustration? William Blake. Oh, Blake. He sure is lively. Oh, the the man with the eye of the of the psychopath. Um and then Potsy shoots himself in the thigh. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, is Thomas Harris going to spell that one out?" And then he didn't. And I was like, "Oh, cool. That's only there if you're paying attention." It's a little fun nod. Here explain. It. Oh, hold on. I absolutely will. Oh, wait, wait, I was hoping wait, wait, you were going to Wait, 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 wait. Let me think. Oh, okay. Nope, I don't know. Okay. Earlier, when Hannibal's talking to Pazzi, he's talking about how when his ancestor attacked the Medici, he was so excited he stabbed himself in oh, the thigh. Oh, right, right. Right before getting disemboweled and hung. And I'm like, it was just that fun... Um, it's like poetry symmetry. and crimes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Oh, I'll, except... There's one thing we haven't commented on was there has been a mention of Hannibal's sister, Misha. Yeah, she's well digested or long digested. Long digested. Any thoughts about that? I mean, he ate his sister. That seems pretty obvious. But do you have any thoughts about them bringing up his past? Um, feels It felt sort of out of place, but like, I mean, I noticed it. 
What do you mean? What What, what do you mean? I was wondering if you had any thoughts about it. I don't. It's the first I, time we've I, heard any sort of kind yes. of personal detail about him. I remember it from the show a little bit, but not sure. a lot. Um, uh, yeah, I don't remember. I, I feel like the Hannibal in the show is so much more sympathetic than uh, this one. So, like, um, well, the book's not over yet. Like, there's something really romantic about the, like the way Brian Fuller and uh, you know everyone in that show makes that character pop. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, like Mads Mikkelsen is. I mean, first off, he's he's a, a very attractive man, but like, there's also like an element of like drawing you in. No, more like like there's this like like, like he went to the third rail. He has to do the things he does. Like mm-hmm. he he's sort of obligated to do these things because they're for the betterment of everything else around him. Like he's like the cruel scythe of God. Like oh. he he has to go through and do these things that appear brutal and like Hannibal is the flood. Like Hannibal has to go through the world and purge it of the awful people while also being an maintaining awful aesthetics. Thing. Yeah, but also being an awful thing that enjoys himself, that enjoys sure. doing it, um, and indulges in if doing you, it. If you love your job, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, say that again. Um, it is, I think, the first time we also get... There's so much of the Hannibal from the show that I feel like is more defined by the Hannibal in this book. Yes, than, uh, absolutely. Because um, like we never saw him from the inside before. We only saw him right. like looking in, you know, at, at the snake exhibit. Yes, or like... The uh, the moment where he, t- he talks to uh, Pazzi about eating his wife and explaining, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I could do the liver and the, the kidneys, I think he said something like that. I, could do I think the liver li- and kidneys today, the rest of the meat li- needs to hang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just thinking about that as, like, a a thing he could actually do, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and then it's just a, just a, do I have time for this kind of thing? That's right. as much emotion is he's going to put into it it's the it's the real it's the concern it's the chief concern he has about whether or not he would is do i have the time yeah um is it too inconvenient but i know Um, that (laughs) she matters to you so that can be a bargaining chip right so anyway that uh yeah it's great great little novella there um i so just so you want to write this down I guess I could do it later because we should probably do new word alert. Were you going to write down the new chapters? I already have them, but I was going to do it later. Is that what you were suggesting I write? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to, I just figured we'll do it later. Yeah. After, after the new word alert. Yeah. So why don't you introduce a new word alert? Well, why not a new word alert? You don't like that one? (laughs) No, it's just, well, Uh, why not a new word alert? Belgrum. How about a new not, word alert? Not tell, not tell Kurt Russell in Death Proof did I see someone do a ba- as bad a John Wayne as me. Well, new word alert. <laughs> Opprobrium. Approbium? Approbrium? Approbrium. I feel like it's related to... Isn't approbate a word? Maybe. Probably. I, I feel like I've run into the root before, but I can't think of it. It's, it sounds um, like an it sounds like an element, and I don't think that's right. 
It's a noun that means something that brings disgrace. Okay. I can I can I can I can appreciate that. So like if you were going to do something publicly that would disgrace you, that act could be considered an opprobrium. Okay. I think. Um so yeah. Real good word. Not in the book. Just so you don't have that anxiety. I have no anxiety. Really? Yes. Really? Anxiety free. All right, here we go. As a senator. <laughs> That's the first one I've got here. Um, I don't remember. The, I'm not looking at my phone. I don't remember the exact definition. But as I stared at it, I recognized fetid in there and realized it meant something probably gross or rotten. Um, it's a noun describing the dried fetid gum resin of the root of several West Asian plants of the carrot family used as a flavoring, especially in Indian cooking and formerly used in medicine, especially as antispasmodic and in folk medicine as a general prophylactic against disease. Hmm. But I feel like they were going more for the rank part of the description. Probably. Uh, here we get another one. Dross. Dross. I looked up, but did not include, cause I think I've seen it before. It's, kind of like flux superfluous unnecessary extra well or, or almost like waste yes but it's specifically at least in this uh the first definition which i think is the one that's the one that is really important here because i've i've seen this world word before a lot too mm-hmm. but never in a way that had the context to help me understand what it actually meant uh it's a metallurgy word which it describes the scum of unwanted material that forms on the surface of molten metal. Oh, so okay. If you ever see metal being molten in yeah, anything, yeah. there's this little, sometimes you'll see that film, like, like a uh, soup skin on the yeah. top of yeah, the yeah, metal. Yeah. That's pudding dross. Skin. Pudding skin. So there you go. That's dross. But oh, it can also just mean something that's unnecessary, I guess. Sure. Last one. Frottage. Oh, shit. Frottage. I thought. I thought. Honestly, thought it was frottage. It's one of those words that, like, I get. I pick up from the context. I don't remember singularly what the definition is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I feel like it. It could be animals rutting, or it could be extra decorations <laughs> on your uniform. I honestly don't know. <laughs> well, you're surprisingly close. Um, it's the. Uh... <laughs> it's animals getting a medals for fucking. <laughs> It's the, it's the blue ribbon for the best <laughs> pig fucker. Um, wow, that went uh, different. Go ahead. Why? why? No, the the best pig. That, well, okay, look. You know what? I'm not gonna. You're, just in you're, a book with a lot of pigs. You're the bad guy. You're the bad guy, not me. L- a lot of approbates. <laughs> okay, uh, frottage. The first one, which I think is probably how it's used here. Who fucking knows? I don't remember where it was in this book. The technique of creating a design by rubbing, as with a pencil, over an object placed underneath the paper. Like oh. Hannibal. Hannibal had done that at a certain yeah. point with older, like, uh, etchings or something somewhere. Yeah. Um, the second one is the act of obtaining sexual stimulation by rubbing against a person or object. Or animal. Or an animal rubbing against a, no, a, a person or an object. Or rubbing against an animal. Gross. <laughs> okay, that's it. What, what which else do you have? I have from this book a word that I have seen, but I don't think I appreciate the definition of. It's another one I could I could probably pick out in context, but wouldn't off the top of my head until now. Estrus. Oh, that's um like 
sexual. It's like kind of like 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 rutting, isn't it? It's kind of like it's being, heat. Yeah, yeah. It's like being horny being, all the time. Yeah, being horny. Right. <laughs> I knew one. You did. Um. Okay. This one, I both knew and didn't know. If that makes sense. Clavier. Or. Clavier. No, I don't think I know that. Um, I always thought it was Clavier. But um, it's sort of a parent grouping for keyboard instruments. Oh, cool. So like piano, harpsichord, you, you, you referred to hearing a, cl- a clavier. Um, and I always thought that was its own instrument. Like you had piano, harpsichord, and clavier. But it's like... Guitar. Sure. But clavier is the over the umbrella term that piano and harpsichord and keytar fall under. Better include that keytar. Um, anything else? One other. This word is a word I absolutely did not know until this book. Peignoir. Which one? Peignoir. Peignoir. Um, Peignoir. So not like a grimoire? Nope. Uh, it's not like nope. a book of pain. Nope. Um, P e i g n o i r. I don't think Pain-war. so. Peignoir. Um, it is a woman's loose negligee or dressing gown. Oh, okay. The Patsy bought one for his wife. Uh, French, literally used or literally garment worn while combing the hair. Oh, right? so you see a lady combing her hair and she's wearing what looks like a negligee. It's actually a peignoir. 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 Yeah, so whenever you, whenever you watch those movies where women are in skimpy negligees brushing their hair a la Marsha Brady, that's a peignoir. Wow. I didn't know that had a word. Feel actually, like Rob. Like I would, oh, I my like, Lord. Okay. Keep going. Oh, I, I feel like I would only see a peignoir in like a Hammer film. Where, you know, the scantily clad woman is brushing her hair while looking into the mirror, not realizing the vampire's right behind her because she's looking into the mirror. Yes. Um, I hate to break it to you, but I have like eight more new words. What? I have been deceived. I've forgotten until... until deceit. (laughs) Trickery. I I had this idea of like, oh, I always wish I knew the word for that thing. And then I remembered that I'd found all of these words for things I knew about but didn't know how to say. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Well, I don't know. I, I might. I don't think I'm gonna be able to make this the computer say the word, so I'm just gonna say it. And apologies to everyone who knows I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. Okay. And anti-metaboly. I mean, I'm guessing. Nope, you're the wrong. Metabolism? Okay. <laughs> what is it? The repetition of a phrase with its word order reversed. Example. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ah. Okay. So this came up a while ago. We were talking about the Sphinx character. I was just going from, there, but yes. From Mystery Men. Yep. And I was asking you, what are the words for these those things he does? So starting off with anti-metaboly. <laughs> Next. I should do actually look up. give an example of the Sphinx? Oh, go for it. Um... If you do not learn to master your rage, your rage will become your master. Yes. Exa- great example. Thank you. 
At least that's what this website says that that word means. But I'll, if I look I mean, it up online, I, I don't find it anywhere. Here, I'll, I've got my Merriam-Webster open. A-N-T-I-M? A-N-T-I-M-E-T-A-B-O-L-E. Yeah, I'm only finding anti-metabolic. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I can see because maybe like 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 meter and and bully like hyperbole. I could an ante that. So yeah, I I, I, yeah. I could break it down and make it make sense in my head anyway. Um, I I I found it on the internet and it's definitely it's it's definitely that. So here's a bunch more. Okay. I was hoping to find something that had the audio. Just read them. I like the idea of you reading them since they're pronunciations. Polyptotum. Polypatotum? Polypatotum. P-O-L-Y-P-T-O-T-O-N. Polyptotum. That sounds like a disturbing <laughs> character in a 70s fairy tale porn. Nope. Okay. <laughs> it is the repeated use of words with the same root like destroy, destroyer, and destroyed. So you could say, an example of one of these turns of phrases would be something like, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Next. Also, I, w- I should give credit. This is all stuff I found from this uh, Twitter account called The Cultural Tutor. And I was like, thank you so much, The Cultural Tutor. Okay, next one. Anadiplosis. Anadiplosis. Well, all I can think of is Rachel Weiss and the mummy going, Tuthmosis, how did you get over here? Um, and that's, you know, wonderful, but I don't know the word. All right. It's the repetition of the last word of a clause at the beginning of the next. Um, is there a word that me that defines... The repetition of words that mean repetition in some way? I don't know. Doug picks? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta break down the roots. Yeah, maybe you do. <laughs> Anadiplosis, the repetition of the last word of the clause at the beginning of the next. For example, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Hmm. Suffering leads to fear. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hey, hate. Hey, wait a second. There's a <laughs> hole in the bucket. Uh-oh. Um, so there's that one. We got eight more. All right. <laughs> he repeated. An- anaphora. Anaphora. Fora makes me think of something that you can fill up, like an amphora. Uh, or an of those opposite, right? So something that can't be filled? The use of the same word or phrase at the start of successive clauses or sentences. It's Fuck. fucking meta definition. Words about words, man. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. I love it. Here we go. This is the example they give on this one. Uh, from, from Winston Churchill. We shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our land. Whatever we'll the not go quietly be. into that good night, for today yes. is our Independence Day. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what that is. So, yeah, it's this. It's That's that's what that is. All right, can I, next can one. I just have a little mini tangent nope. there for a second? <laughs> sure. Because that fucking movie, I have never seen anything so nakedly 
desperately pro-American as when, but also shallowly. Shallow, but when they're doing that, like that, that that the music is mimicking. It's doing the 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 Independence Day march, but also you know mimicking the uh, the teletype sound of like Morse code. Mm-hmm. You still there? Okay, yeah, fuzzed out for a sec. Um, and and the British people are like, it's it's the Americans. They have a plan. And the other one's like, oh, good God, finally. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that Jesus, that was the, not subtle, man. That the was whole fucking world not subtle. relies on America. Oh, I, at 16, I saw that like in the theater, 18, whatever it was, and I was just like, oh, that one. Like, I'm enjoying this movie, but goddamn. Next anyway, one. Next one. Episiusis. Well. I, I know what an episiotomy is, but I don't know what an episiusis is. Episiusis is the immediate repetition of a word or phrase. Fuck. So, for example, if you were gonna uh, if you were gonna shout "sell, sell, sell" on on a you know Wall Street, that's what that that's what episiusis is. Okay. Eight more. <laughs> it was eight more like three times ago. All right. Oh, Here's the next oh, one. I get it. I get it. <laughs> a panalipsis. A repetition that goes on and on. The repetition of a word at the start and end of a sentence. Damn it. I was thinking ellipsis. Dot, dot, dot. Nothing is worse than doing nothing. The king is dead. Long live the king. That's what that is. Okay. You ready? Yep. Antithesis. Antithesis. The antithesis. But you can't use... Using a word to describe the same word is actually another word. No, I used two words to describe that word. Thank you. I used (laughs) anti-hand the word thesis. (laughs) Two different words, you fucker. Interesting. Um, Usually uses the opposite of something. Is that what it actually is? Pretty close. The well, use it's a repetition. I swear the, to God. The repetitious use. No. <laughs> the use and contrast of two opposing ideas in a single sentence. Ah. Like uh, apparently, there's one. This, this they give great examples uh, from Hamlet. Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice. Oh shit! Everything Polonius said was was that. Neither Eight a more. Nor Linder B. And fuck you, no. Ascendenton. Uh, when you eat ass. Nope. Oh. It is the act of removing conjunctions from a series of related clauses. So, like taking out the ands. Yes. So, like, if you were to say, I came and I saw and I conquered. Gotcha. You could you could reduce that through to Vinny Vinny Ascendenton. Vinny. How do you say it? <laughs> yes. Okay. I vinied and I vichied and I... Okay. Eight more. Uh... <laughs> Antastrophe. Antastrophe? Oh, excuse me. Anatastrophe. Anatastrophe. Anabolic, Annapolis, Anachumsky. 
who was in Hannibal, Han, Hannibal, and Hannibal, Hannibal. Uh, is, does what, it mean Hannibal? Does it mean Hannibal? <laughs> what is an antastrophe? The inversion of normal word order. Example. So, for, for example, neither a borrower nor a lender be. Motherfucking. <laughs> that was a trap. You set me up. He's <laughs> so happy. He's doing a little happy dance. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, there you go. That's them. It's a lot. Would you say did, there was, wasn't there like a... Did you have a word for all those words? No. Duck picks. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But uh, anyway, that's that. I, I, just, I found that. Thank you to that uh, Twitter account again. What was that Twitter account again? I believe it's the Cultural Tutor. Cultural Tutor. <laughs> Not like I need it, right? I mean, I know everything. So, next time on Death Readers, we'll be reading chapters 37 through 50 sounds good 37 through 50 through 50 okay so that was death readers i'm doug i'm rob thanks for listening thank you if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, podbean or wherever you get your podcasts these reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion follow us on twitter and like our new facebook page for death readers news become a patron at patreon slash death readers and please discuss us extensively on reddit Ready? Yeah. Okay. Oh, shoot. Actually, uh, I have to make it, a, before we get started for real, I have to make a apology to the show itself. Um, before because... we say anything and it'll be an outtake? or no, this, could after be you... this could be in. Okay. Um, so apologies to the show. I, well, this, yeah, this would be like an outtake thing. Yes. Right. You have to say the, you have to say the magic start words. If it's going to be in the show. No, no, you're right. And this is, this is a, this, yeah, starting like right about now. So I have to make an apology for the show because I did my reading on an airplane, which meant that I didn't really have access to the internet. Burp. Oh shit. I just burped. I have to do that over. Don't include that one. Please don't. I'll ask you to remove it if you do. <coughs> but I can just include that burp, right? No. <laughs> Come on. Please. No. It's so gross. We don't Fine. want to be the I won't Stimpy include podcast. the burp. <laughs> okay. After making an apology to the show, I did all of my reading for this episode on an airplane. And because of the way all apps work now, you have to have access to the internet to do anything, including my my dictionary app. So anytime I had a word to look up, I I didn't I wasn't really able to look it up. Um, so there's a lot of words hmm. that were in these chapters that I probably should have been looking up, but I. I have. We're gonna have a very short new word alert this this episode. Is what I'm oh, saying. not necessarily. Oh, okay. Well, on, from from my end, we will. Um, okay. So anyway, that's apologies in in post advance. Um, okay. So now are you? Uh, I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I'm sorry to have kept it going so I, I long. I just wanted Please. to make sure. I wanted to give you the. This is courtesy. I wanted to give you the opportunity to go. Oh, hey, Doug! That thing you said reminded me. I had another. I had to apologize for the show. Let me let nope. me apologize, and then we would start. Nope, nope. I don't think I've ever had that. <laughs> uh, Self reflect. Eh, no, 
No, no, it doesn't sound like me. Um, in order for it to sound like me, I'd have to be able to self-reflect on how I sound, and I can't do that. Um, <laughs> so, okay, here we go. Well, you're going to have to cut some of this dead air out because I have to actually I, – I have to look them up. Fucking every – I love every time you give me lessons on how to edit. Please yep, continue yep, yep, that. Yep, yep. It's edit-splaining. <laughs> this dead air too? Should yeah, Rob, it? you want oh. to cut this out. Okay. But I okay. was trying to give you the decency of not reminding you, even though you're so good at not I was I was I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Oh, you can be sure. You'll be sure. <laughs> <laughs>